Welcome to the Altitude Church Message of the Week. We are a community of believers that gather in person and online to experience the power of Jesus in our lives and in our community. As you listen to this message, we hope you will have the opportunity to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And last year, we started an Altitude Church tradition. In that Sunday that sits between Christmas and New Year's, although the way the dates on the calendar fall, sometimes that is Christmas and uh, New Year's, we look back at a message or a series that God used in this place before as a reminder of what He is still doing and what He is still working through. Now, I'm not a prophet, nor am I the son of a prophet. In fact, if you know me, I'm the son of a twice-convicted felon. But I, I did have this one little insight a few years ago that I thought was well worth sharing. Um, it actually came in February of 2020. I know. I know. 2020 right before uh, the pandemic. And if you want to know that we're not prophets, you know, here in that strictest sense of the word, we actually thought we were going to be launching Altitude Church Easter of 2020. Instead, we're about to celebrate our two-year anniversary as a relaunched church the last Sunday of January. So mark your calendars for that. It's going to be fun. But in that February pre-everything-went-crazy world, or at least a different kind of crazy, we did a series entitled The Lost Art of Being Unoffendable. Some of you were here for that. If you cast your mind back, you'll remember that uh, the world we lived in at the time was angry. There was fights happening online. In fact, as I look back on my notes for what I had spoken about then, apparently the Super Bowl had a big hubbub that year, and everybody was upset. Everybody was offended. Now, also, uh, that February of 2020, which, by the way, that was four years ago. What happened? Anyway, uh, that February was in the looming shadow of an election year, and, and people were already hailing certain candidates as saviors and other candidates as scoundrel and villains. Nothing like the world that we're in in the year of our Lord, 2023, right? Ah. So as I sit in this season... I was listening to a podcast this week by Mark Sayers from Red Church out in Australia, and he talked about the reality that the season we're in seems to be changing. He, he dubbed the last uh, about seven and a half, eight years, the age of anxiety. Anybody feel that in their bones? But he said what's coming into focus now is an age defined by anger. And I can see that. I can feel that, right? We still get angry at each other online and in person. In the line to the grocery store, you hear snarky remarks. And by the way, in case you missed it, we are sitting in the looming shadow of another election year. And some have already claimed their allegiance to an elephant and a donkey that sometimes gets shouted louder than their allegiance to the lion and the lamb. And if that offended you, stick with me here, because 
We're going to go deep a little bit today. So if we're in the same place as we were, but entering into a different season of that era, what does it mean to be unoffendable going into 2024? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So the way I opened this message a few years ago, I, I talked about how I discovered the magic words. How many grew up and you knew what the magic words were, right? Now you're thinking please and thank you, but what I found is that if you use the phrase, I'm offended, it put up a magic shield around you. And here's where this really came into play. See, about every three or so years, two to three years, it's time for me to update to a new phone, right? They, they build those plans in such a way that it's fiscally responsible just to go ahead and update them. Uh, you know, you get the most bang out of the buck. And I have a specific brand of phone that I stick to, right? I, I believe in this brand. I, I like what they do, and I'm not really interested in the other brand. But what happened was this brand that, that I like, um, it became so popular that, that the majority of phones out there for a long stretch followed along those lines. And so the other brand, I like to call them the generic ones, um, the Android brand, I mean, the other brands, they... Um, they started paying the associates through rewards, through stipends, to get you to go towards these other phones. So I would go in when it was time for a new phone, and I already knew what I wanted. I, I really was just trying to figure out if there was any updates to the plan. And I would end up doing this dance for like a half an hour as they showed me this other brand, this flagship thing, this whatever, uh, conveniently, that at the time was catching fire, if you remember uh, those eras. And, and then it got even better. The, the cell phone companies, one in particular, bought the television and satellite companies. And so then when I went in to go for a phone, I would be just told how wonderful cable television is when I have literally been a cord cutter since Y2K. And so I would sit there back and forth. No, I don't want a satellite plan with my phone. No, I don't want that. No, and we just, we went round and round and round. And so I found the cheat code. I would go in to check out what plans AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Mint Mobile, whoever you got, I would go in and check them out, and I would start the conversation this way. Hi, I'm Lee, and I just need you to know real quick, if you use the words Android, satellite, or cable television, I will be personally offended. Well, now the associate didn't know what to do, right? I've been a sales associate. You're trained on, you know, overcoming at least three no's before you get to what the customer actually wants. you got to try and upsell them. you got to do this. you got to do that. Well, I said, I will be personally offended. And I just watched him go, oh, um, what, what was it you were looking for? Now, my wife, she said this was a little rude. You're a pastor. How could you do that? I saw it as really efficient, right? They could get past me, who already knows what I want, and I'm not going to let them upsell me, 
And then they could just get to the next person who maybe does need the benefits of cable and satellite TV, right? And so I used this as a way to shield and shortcut so that I didn't waste precious time. So, what happens next? Well, offended, I'm offended, is probably not the magic barricade that it was before. Because as we enter the age of anger, as opposed to the age maybe defined by anxiety, when you say the words, I'm offended, oftentimes the other person goes, good, I found the button. How you like it now? And you know this, you just had family dinner last week, and you saw someone who was slamming that button every time they found it. So if being offended isn't the worst thing, and if we're trying harder, it seems like, in this age to offend each other, what do we take away? The question we have to face is not, will we find something offensive? Will we be offended by something? But how will we handle the offense? And Scripture is clear that just finding the right combination of words to shape me is a path to the dark side. But it does give a plan, a resource, a character that we can discover so that we can realize that we can't control what offense comes our way, but we can choose to live unoffendable going into 2024. So what's the key? Well, today, normally we dig deep in several verses. Today we're going to look at one specific verse. Proverbs 19.11. If you have a, a Bible with you, if you want to turn in the paper or the digital version to Proverbs 19.11, highlight this. I'm not saying this is your word of the year, but this might be something that God needs you to hear today. And it goes like this. A person's insight gives him patience, and it is his virtue to overlook an offense. Hear it again. A person's insight gives him patience, and it is his virtue to overlook an offense. As we head into another year that, that will likely have a contentious election cycle, that will likely see us discover new ways through new forms of social media to be upset at one another. As we go to the store and they find new cable satellite subscription packages or whatever it is that they're getting bonuses for selling that day, we have to recognize that while we cannot control the offensive things that are out there, we can choose to be un. Offendable. And Scripture has a, a character-building prescription towards this. So let's take a look at the verse and break it down part by part. So the first thing it says is that a person's insight gives him patience. I want to paint a picture for you. Uh, a few years ago when we first went through this uh, experience, I was talking with a, a young man who was dealing with an experience that we would consider or call bullying. And so I sat down with that young man and I, I said, so talk to me about this kid. Talk to me about this person. What's their life like? What do you know about them? 
And they started to describe what we both kind of quickly felt like was probably not the best home environment. They, they were constantly in trouble. There, there were struggles going on. And from what we could tell from the outside, this person was not well. And so I talked with this young man. And I said, everything you just said, it doesn't excuse bullying behavior. But doesn't it give you a little bit of insight into what's going on in this kid? The reality is, you are not this kid's problem. This kid's life is his problem. And he's taking it out on you. Again, doesn't excuse the actions, but it does give insight into the scenario. So let's create another scenario. Maybe you're at school. Maybe you're at work. And there's someone who is always angry and it seems to come out at you. They're always grumpy and you seem to be the focus. Maybe that person doesn't have a personal agenda or vendetta against you. They, they might. I'm not in that scenario with you. I don't know. But but maybe there's something going on inside their heart, inside their life, where if you could sit down with that person and talk, it might give you insight. Have you ever seen the show uh, Undercover Boss before? Yeah, lots of people have, right? My favorite part of that show is when the boss finally is with an employee, and they don't know who they are, right? And they're just, like, not only seeing that what is happening in their, you know, maybe they didn't do the tacos right, or maybe they stack the things wrong or whatever, but then they pull them aside, and they just talk like, hey, t tell me about your life, and you find out they've got a a cousin that's going through rehab and their, their sister's fighting cancer and their, their child is estranged and it just goes through this and you start to get a different picture of that person. Now we all know, we've seen the show, there's a few people on there that are just jerks, right? But for the most part, you have these moments of insight when you sit down with that person, you start to recognize what's going on inside of them. So again, does that excuse them being a jerk? No. But maybe it changes your heart just a little bit. Maybe it gives you patience and better understanding towards that person. A person's insight gives him patience. We can't control what other people do. What offenses might come our way, but we can choose to develop a character that makes us more unoffendable. In other words, we seek to understand the situation. And Proverbs says that insight will shape how we see it. We allow our hearts to soften, and maybe that offense doesn't sting quite as much. I'm reminded frequently by one of our leaders that there's this old, not proverb from the Bible, but just old saying, be kind to every person you see. For every person you see is dealing with some great unseen battle. And when I remember that, sometimes after I get upset and clap back and say things that maybe I shouldn't have, right? When I remember that, I realize if people knew the struggles that I 
am going through, have gone through, they might have a little bit more kindness and compassion for me. So maybe if I were to recognize that even before they tell me that perhaps I'm not that person's problem, that person's life is their problem, it doesn't excuse actions, but it gives me a softer heart. The next part of that verse says this, it is his virtue to overlook an offense. I think most people that I I know who've dubbed this something have started to call this having thicker skin, right? The second piece of this ancient practice that can save your modern day relationships is, is to recognize we can't simply have softer hearts without also having thicker skin. If we do, it won't be long before something and certainly someone pierces that heart. But Proverbs says it is our virtue to overlook an offense. In other words, the Bible is clear that we will encounter offensive things. We will find offensive people. We might share a bed with them. We might share a meal with them. We might share an employee ID card with them. We might go to the same school as them. We might be on a bus or in a store, and never having met that person before, but our paths cross in that one moment, and offense strikes. It is a virtue to overlook an offense. I'm not saying this is easy, but I am saying there's power in following what God has said. As I talked with this young man and and recognized what was going on in this kids who's bullying and and causing issues life I I talked with them about having a little more grace for them and for themselves it didn't fix the problem but there was a stretch where vulnerability happened and and that kid kind of shared some things I remember when I was growing up I had a bully I, I I his name was Ryan and I felt terrorized by that kid all throughout elementary school. And then we were in junior high, and I I was able to get away from some of the classes. And then we're sitting in high school, and and this guy who, who literally made certain years of my life super difficult to deal with, we were sitting in the pool at Kelly Walsh High School, and he looked at me and he just said, you know, some of your friends don't treat you the way you deserve. And I was just like, excuse me, ye who bullied me? How dare you say that? He's like, no, no, you deserve better than that. And we started talking, and guess what? He had some rough patches. He had some things in his life. Did it excuse the years of torment? No, but they haven't happened since. We need to earn understanding and learn to overlook offense. Because when you realize that not everything that is said, not everything that's done is actually about you, then you can also recognize that it's not aimed at you. Let it wash off. But this isn't what this world teaches us to do. The world around us teaches us to strike back. 
Someone offends you online. You go on there and you type from behind your keyboard warrior and you say, you dirty, and then they get mad. And they go on and type to somebody else and then they get mad. And it creates a cycle of anger. Maybe we are entering into an age defined by anger. Be watching for that. It's just one theory, right? But if it is, how do you stop anger with kindness, with overlooking offense? Because if you light the fire in somebody else's life and then they light the fire in somebody else's life, that just keeps spreading. You ever seen the illustration where it shows how to stop a fire and it shows a row of matches and then you just pull one away? Whoop, and it stops, right? Maybe that can be you. A person's insight gives him patience, and it's his virtue to overlook an offense. So today when you walked in, you were given the weekly guide. Uh, We were not going to do it this week because it's a low volunteer Sunday. We're, We're purposely giving people a day off, but you may have seen that when you walked in. If you have that, I would encourage you to take it out, and I want you to draw a quadrant. It's basically a box with a line going this way and a line going this way. One horizontal, one vertical. And what I want to do is show you what Scripture defines, how this kind of breaks down. I'm going to move out of the way so you can see it a little bit too. Maybe take a picture with your phone. So if you were to draw this, you have your top left quadrant. That's where it overlaps between a hard heart and thin skin. This is what I call the rage monster response. Everything offends you, and you're always ready to explode. It's okay to say if you're that person in the room. Everything offends you, and you're always ready to explode. You have a thin skin, and you have a hard heart. So then we think, okay, well, what if we just make it a little bit better, and we go over here to where you have a soft heart, but thin skin. Now, your heart is more pure, you're more understanding with people, but it's not long before everything and anything pierces you to the core. I call this response the martyr response, right? Everything is broken, everything is wrong. And so, maybe you go to, being honest in the room here, my response, thick skin and a hard heart. I call this the tank Because nothing can pierce your shell, but nothing can pierce your heart either. It's a hardened response like steel towards others. And then you have what Proverbs describes as the unoffendable one. Thick skin, but soft heart. Things that come at you that would be offensive, wash away. Maybe not easily, maybe not right away, but they wash away. And your heart understands that maybe that person, maybe that, that, that group of people, maybe they're broken too. And you aren't the target, you're just the excuse to make them feel better for just a moment. Does that make it okay? No. But does it allow you to be that match that pulls back so the fire doesn't spread? So maybe think for a minute, where do you fall in this? Normally I'd say this is the start of a conversation, not the end of it. You should go into your life groups, which 
Our life groups are mostly paused for last week and this week. But I encourage you to get into one starting again into the new year. But maybe you have dinner conversation with someone, a friend, a family member. Uh, maybe, maybe you do have a group that you go online or you Marco Polo or you TikTok with them, whatever you do. Maybe bring up this conversation. Say, hey, where do you think that I typically fall on this? And remember that they're not trying to offend you. They're hopefully trying to help you. They say, you know what, I think you're actually the martyr. Everything seems to pierce through. Okay, I receive that in love. Or maybe you're talking to me and you go, Lee, you're kind of a tank right now, right? You've shut down, you've blocked everything out, and you're just not feeling what people are experiencing. Okay, I receive that. How do I work towards that? There's no shame in this, but there is insight that gives understanding. And the reality is, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, this is the character that we see. Think about the fact that Jesus sat on the night that he was betrayed with Judas and had a meal. And he knew Judas was the one who was betraying him to death. And yet, Jesus did call him out, right? He wasn't so soft that he had no response, but he also washed his feet. And then there was Peter, who, Peter was the good guy, right? Till he betrayed Jesus three times, he denied him three times in the same night, and as Jesus stood on that beach in resurrected form. He invited Peter three times to gain insight and to find Russian. The character of Jesus, as we become more like him, helps us live more unoffendable. And Jesus is that illustration, that living example of what it means to be unoffendable. Jesus wasn't weak. Just look at those moments where he called out the religious leaders where, where he overturned money tables in the temple. But he also wasn't hard-hearted and thick-skinned. When someone was standing before him, he said, Child, daughter, son, friend. He was moved. Because the truth of the matter is, as we go into 2024, you will be offended by something. The question is, how will you respond? What do you want your 2024 to look like? Yes, there are external circumstances, the, the way of the world and, and, and the, the flow of economies and, and the tides of war. But you can't control those things. You can learn the character of Jesus to become unoffendable. So Thanks for joining us for the Altitude Church Message of the Week. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard today, be sure to leave us a review. That one thing makes it easier for more people like you to find our podcast. Thanks again for listening today.